Stampede. Garner is in 207, recorded 11-19-2023. Maybe the trouble living in America isn't just being issued a moving violation for making a wrong left-handed turn at a no-turn intersection. No, we're proud of saying we're a country of laws, and paying $200 for that kind of driving violation helps to keep traffic court judges and all the people that work to collect those $200 fines employed. Let's put it this way. If you, or for that matter, everyone, didn't commit a moving parking or licensing violation, traffic cops, traffic courts, or departments of motor registration wouldn't exist. And the process of having a country of laws wouldn't have to be enforced. I'd be the first to admit we might have lots of accidents. But then again, we already have laws, and we still have lots of accidents. 
maybe we should forget about enforcing the law and simply fine people when they cause an accident. And forget about punishing people for simply making a mistake for driving down a street the wrong way. I can tell you, while in France, driving a rental vehicle, I inadvertently turned down a street in the city of Marseille the wrong way and was confronted by a police car coming up that one-way street. The police officer simply waved and told me I was driving down a one-way street the wrong way. I want to tell you, I loved living in France. Now, if that had happened in Atlanta, Georgia, I would have been fined probably $200. My point being, we may say we're a nation of laws, but we aren't really safe with them. It's against the law to walk into a school and begin killing innocent children. But that doesn't prevent deranged people from doing that or any other number of horrific crimes. The facts are, we have something going on in this country that transcends people knowing the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And no matter the number of laws we have to prevent these things from occurring, they're happening with increasing frequency. Something is wrong. And the facts are, people, maybe large numbers of people, don't mind accepting breaking the law because they consider their country a violent place. So arrest me and put me in jail for driving down a one-way street the wrong way.
It should be obvious to everyone that there has been a disconnect with what are the laws in this country and people willing to break those laws. The insurrection on January 6, 2021, with approximately 30,000 people marching to the U.S. Capitol and several hundred, if not thousands, breaching the chambers of America's federal government should suggest there's a question about the truth that this country is a nation of laws, or more specifically, a nation of law-abiding citizens. Personally, I believe those people may have had good reasons at that time to believe the election had been stolen. And more importantly, that the whole notion that America's government of a free and law-abiding process had been violated. Well, Trump probably did lose the election to Joe Biden because machine politics control how many cities and states are run and it successfully elected Biden to the presidency. Now, are machine politics part of the notion we have laws guiding the principles that run this country? Well, to speak frankly about that, machine politics is a form of corruption because it relies on payoffs, patronage, and favoritism. It's safe to say many laws are broken when politicians are repeatedly reelected because of machine politics. We have politicians who have remained in office for 40 years because they belong to processes that keep them in power that are ethically illegal. So the whole notion that this country is a country of laws and that makes us special is questionable. Nowadays, I'm convinced we've become more a country of criminals than law-abiding citizens. In fact, that opens up the truth that this country is vulnerable. And when I say that, I mean by the simplest conspiracies. This country could find itself held hostage by a foreign power with the threat that weapons of mass destruction had been planted in various locations, ready to be detonated.
The facts are that by the middle of the 20th century, scientists had unlocked nature's mystery of how atomic energy could be used to produce a powerful weapon. And it was used to put an end to World War II with America detonating nuclear bombs on two population centers. It was clear we didn't just save American lives, because if we had prolonged the war in the Pacific by attempting to invade Japan, no, we did it to tell the world we could destroy any foreign power. The trouble with figuring out how to build a powerful nuclear weapon means other people could do the same. And nuclear bombs aren't the only weapons of mass destruction that have been created since 1945. If you think you're safe because we have nuclear bombs or any other destructive weapons, you're wrong. As a child, when I read a National Geographic article how ocean-going ships could transit the St. Lawrence Seaway all the way through the Great Lakes to Chicago, I dreamed one day of making that adventure. And while I was 50 years of age, I did exactly that when the Canadian government declared a moratorium for the fishing of cod off the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. Technology had permitted large commercial fishing fleets to literally take all the cod from what was historically one of the most abundant fishing grounds in North America. All the small fishing villages with families that had relied on catching the cod had to pull their boats out of the sea. It was an environmental catastrophe, and it created an economic disaster for the people of Newfoundland. So I went to Newfoundland and I bought a 30-foot cod fishing boat, hired an experienced man from Newfoundland, and we sailed that boat through the St. Lawrence Seaway, through the Great Lakes, and finally to Chicago. And one of the truths about that amazing experience was that literally no official attempted to stop us except in New York State when a custom agent boarded my boat and determined I was the owner of it and allowed us to enter into the U.S. And this is my point of that story. I could have carried a weapon of mass destruction on that boat, and no one would have known it. Fortunately, it was only my desire to see how beautiful North America was by the St. Lawrence Seaway and our Great Lakes.
I'll try to be clear on this point. Building weapons of mass destruction don't protect us. And you want to know why? Because we aren't the only people who can build them. No, that opens the possibility of any number of other countries by the simplest means bringing them into our country and storing them in any location ready to be used at a moment's notice. You see, you don't have to have an intercontinental ballistic missile delivering an atomic bomb the size of a refrigerator. No, that can be smuggled in by a hundred different ways. Our military-industrial corporations for the last 78 years, since the end of World War II, have been saying they can protect the American people by building weapons of mass destruction. But in truth, there's no way of doing that. We've made a mistake allowing technology to produce something so destructive without knowing how to prevent it from killing ourselves. If you think our Navy patrolling the oceans around the world with nuclear weapons or with some other secret weapon of mass destruction can deter a clandestine conspiracy by bringing a contagion in a bottle of water, then you're part of the problem. There are politicians and generals who have become wealthy by convincing our government into spending billions, if not trillions of dollars on systems they claim can protect us, when in truth, they only can open the door to something they can't stop. Maybe there was never any way we could have been completely protected. This is a dangerous world. And history keeps telling us that if you protect yourself with any weapon, believing you can defeat an opponent, that can only work for so long before your opponent can use it against you. We've been on the wrong path to peace. It never was in building nuclear weapons. Peace has to be achieved some other way.
we may not have any choice if weapons of mass destruction are already hidden by a foreign adversary in America. We may have to capitulate, withdraw our military from around the world, causing an economic collapse, and nothing short of a full-fledged depression. Our control of how we ran the world will have to come to an abrupt end. We might retaliate by using our weapons aboard our Navy, launching our intercontinental missiles with nuclear weapons, or send our stealth bombers to annihilate whoever we thought had planted weapons of mass destruction on American soil. The truth that building nuclear weapons as a means of keeping the peace in this world will have been proven a failure. Of course, what I'm saying may not be our future, but whether this world will ever be rid of those weapons is highly unlikely, and someday, by accident or design, there will be a confrontation with their use. That calls into question the very real possibility of our extinction. We may have created something that puts an end to us and the rest of our living planet. I may be accused of fear-mongering that what our leaders have been saying about America's future is the truth. They've told us everything is all right, and an unparalleled prosperity is just around the corner. But I look at the evidence, and no matter how often our government says we're safe, the facts would suggest otherwise. Maybe you believe we can still turn this around and find the way to peace, but nothing in history has shown we're capable of that. We're the most dangerous thing on this planet, and we've proven that over and over again. Maybe that's what our manifest destiny was all about.
This week on Garnerisn't, you first heard Danny Elfman's composition for the movie Batman, Batman's Theme, released in 1989. Then, from the movie Pelham 123, you heard a cut from Something on the Track by Harry Gregson Williams, 2009, followed by more from Pelham 123, Garber Meets Rider. Next, was a cut from the movie War of the Worlds, The Confrontation with Ogilvy, composed by John Williams, 2005. And more from Williams, a cut from the epilogue to the movie War of the Worlds. And finally, a repeat cut of Something on the Track by Harry Gregson Williams. Stampede. Written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.